Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Chofvot. Today's shoe is Le'ilu Nishmas Tzvi Ben Yehuda, Tzvi Ben Moshe. May his neshama have an aliyah, may his memory be a blessing. Um, today's, um, it is for Rafua Shema of Chachaka Bas Baba Michla. And um, Yitzchak Ben Yehuda Ben Miriam. May they have a complete and speedy recovery. Dennis, did you also have a name? And Zalman Mordechai Ben Miria. May he also have a complete and speedy recovery. Okay, we're going to go from the last uh, two, last two words of Chofham with base 25b. I don't know, did you count the acronym as one word, as that as one word or two words? But it stands for Tonur Abodon. Our rabbis taught. The Elu Koirin, we're going back to the laws of Kriya. We had a little bit of a diversion to discuss um, Hespadim and the style and the impact. I, th- I think the last piece, which was about it, sound like natural disasters occurring, uh, or phenomena occurring at the times of Tadikim's death, is even if it's not literal, I think uh, it should be in our in our hearts and minds the impact that Tadikim and Tamidei Chacham have on the world. That to a degree, the world is torn asunder when uh, when uh, tzaddikim or niftar okay but now we're going back to the laws of kriya toner abonin um, these the following list of tears following list of tears are never ever properly repaired now we're going to see there's two types of repairs there's a and i don't know the correct technical terms for them i don't know if it would necessarily help us but there's a partial repair where after a certain amount of time or like we see by women, you can kind of like, um, let's call it, we'll call it a partial repair, but it's kind of do a temporary, um, clearly visible repair. So it's not like you would proudly go around with your garment torn like that, even though it's been partially repaired. It's more like held to, I would, in my mind, it's more like, you know, you kind of safety pinned it together as a temporary measure, that sort of repair. That's a partial repair. And then there's the women's akin is properly repaired, where basically they would... Uh, get her back to good and old. So the following cases where someone does Kriya, he's never allowed to repair it properly. Miss Achin. A Koral of Ival Imo, someone who does Kriya for his parents. Ba'al Rabo Shilim the Torah. Or his Rebbe who taught him Torah. In fact, that's a, that's a discussion. Is that any Rebbe? Anyone who taught him any Torah? Or is it the Rebbe who taught him most of his Torah? Nowadays it's interesting. We jump around a lot. We go to Yeshiva and even in Yeshiva we go to different Shirim. But in those days, at least in the start of their learning, they would sit by one Rebbe, one Rosh Hashiva, and they would learn. And remember, it was all oral. So it wasn't like, you know, if I'm not, if I'm, you can spend hours getting, having a Rebbe who lived a few hundred years ago because everything's in print nowadays. But there you had your Rebbe and he taught you. Um, so, so that's often what we say, uh, a Rebbe Muvak, someone who taught him most of his wisdom. So some say that's who we're talking about. But either way, on his Rebbe that taught him Torah, but Al Nasi, on the prince or a leader of the Jewish people. Again, Yad Nasi is almost the unofficial title where sometimes it would be a Melech or a head of a tribe or a, you know, but a, a, the, the Jewish leader. Va'al Av Beisdin, or for the head of the Sanhedrin. Va'al Shmuz Harais, for bad news. We'll discuss what sort of news. Va'al Birchas Hashem, if someone hears blasphemy. Va'al Sefer Torah in Israf, if he sees a Sefer Torah burnt. Va'al Ore Yehuda, if he sees the cities of Yehuda. In, in destruction, Val Hamigdash on the base of Midash, Val Yerushalayim and Yerushalayim. And just say, no, Vakaira Al Hamigdash, Umoisi, Val Yerushalayim, and he does Kriya over the Migdash and he can extend the Kriya for Yerushalayim. We'll discuss it the, towards the bottom of the page, I think we'll leave it for there. Um, 
why, when are you doing Kriya, and what about nowadays, etc. So, Avi Ve'imo Ve'rabo. How do we know that someone does Kriya for his father? There two, actually, there are two questions built into each of these cases we're going to analyze. We're going to analyze each of these cases of the Brisa. And the, the first question is, um, what's the source that you do Kriya? And what's the source that it can never be sewn up? That you have to leave that Kriya forever. So, Some are more obvious than others. Dersiv as it's written, Elisha saw... And he burst out crying. This was when the chariot came down and took Eliyahu Anovi. It says, Father, Father, the chariot of Israel and his uh, and and the horsemen. It says, He referred to Eliyahu <coughs> in an allusion to his father and mother. That's how close he felt to Eliyahu, his Rebbe. And then when he said, Rechev Yisrael Proshov, that's referring to his Rebbe who taught him Torah. My mashma, how do we see that? Rechev Yisrael Proshov means the, hos, the, the, the chariot and horseman. So, where do we see that's connected to a Rebbe? He says, no, could the Matargem Rav Yosef, as Rav Yosef explained, Rebbe translated, Rebbe Rebbe, the Tav Lohon Yisrael, Rebbe Rebbe, who was as good for the Jews, but Silusa, through his Tfilos, Meratichin Uprashim, from horsemen and riders, or chariots and horsemen. So what are we saying? In other words, the, the, why did Elisha refer to him as Rechel Yisrael Prashov? Because a Talmud Chacham, that's referring to his Rebbe, to his Jewish leader, because a Jewish leader, through his Tfilos, is what saves the Jewish people like horses and chariots. You think that we need our army of horses and chariots? We really need our tefillahs or the tefillahs of tzaddikim. Um, interesting enough, that's the brings to, to mind the apostle we say every day uh, between Ashrei and Uvalitzion, or just about every day. It says, Eilu Varechev, Eilu Basusim. Some people rely on their chariots and some people rely on their horsemen. We're call out in the name of Hashem. That's our power in davening, but that's the connection. Those who defend the Jewish people, those are the Jew, the, the Rabbeim, and that's what Elisha refers to his parent, his his Rebbe Eliyahu as. Oh, and how do we know you're never allowed to stitch it up? It's written by He took hold of his garment and he tore it into two tears. Says, but the fact that it tells us he tears them, obviously he tears it into two. So why does it have to say he tears it into two tears? Teach us that they remain two tears. Even after the morning, even after a certain amount of time, he's not allowed to sew it up. That's the double emphasis on tearing two tears into two tears. Um, Reish Lokish, the Rebbe Yochanan, Reish Lokish said to Rebbe Yochanan, Eliyahu Chayhu, why was Elisha doing Kriya? Eliyahu was alive. That's the famous thing. Eliyahu didn't die. He was taken up to heaven in this chariot of fire, but he didn't die. Why is Elisha doing uh, Kriya? So Amalu came and said, the Lord of the Gabe today came dummy. No, since he is, he never saw Eliyahu again. It's as if he died. Now, this is interesting because this implies, so let's say you. I don't know, you, you have your Rebbe. Nowadays it's not as a thing how easily we travel, but imagine you have your Rebbe and you're leaving, uh, you want to make Aliyah. So as far as you can see, you're never ever going to see your Rebbe again. So they bring no, Eliyahu was different because he was taken, um, I don't know the exact difference, but maybe because he was taken up to heaven, wasn't apparent that he was going to live forever. So that's why he did Kriya as if Eliyahu died. Okay, Nasiv Abbezdin, Ushmuz Rosminolan. How do we know that if someone hears about the death of the Jewish leader, the head of the Sanhedrin, the head of the Basin, and bad tidings, he does Kriya, just see as it's written. 
This is when David heard about the death of Shaul. There was a huge war. I mean, David was anointed king, and then the Bishan came fight, and um, Shaul and his son and Bnei Shaul went to fight, and they suffered a huge defeat. So, so where do we know that? They do, you do Kriya for the Nasi Abbas in Shmuel's Ra's. Dilsev, as it's written, David took hold of his garments, and he tore them, and also the men who were with him. They said eulogies, they cried, and they fasted until the evening. For the nation of Hashem and Beis Yisrael who had been killed by the sword. So Shaul their Nasi. Shaul David did Korea because Shaul was a Nasi. Yonasan Zeh Avbeizdin. Yonasan was the Avbeizdin. Interestingly enough, because we seem to say that Daiga Domi was the Avbeizdin for Shaul, okay, or Amnebener, but at least in this context, Yonasan was the Avbeizdin. Va'al Am Hashem Va'al Beis Yisrael. Elish Mosros. This was the bad news. They heard about this huge defeat to the Jewish army. Many, many Jews were killed and um, ca- uh, captured and defeated in war. So that's the Shmuel's Ross that they did Kriya over. It says, Omale, and again, because that's what it said, he did Kriya over all of these events. It says, Omale, Rav Bar Shevola, Rav Kahadav, Ema Ad, Dahavu Kulu. It says, maybe it's only if all happened together. I David did Kriya because it was this threefold tragedy of the Nasi that I based in and a huge uh, and bad news. Maybe if it's only one of those tragedies, you don't do, have to do Kriya. Says Amalei Al Al Hitzik Inyan. No, because the Pasuk emphasizes Al Shaul, Al Yonasa, etc. It says Al by each one to imply that they each a standalone reason to do Kriya. Oh, imi karina nashmos ros. Do we really do Kriya on bad news? V'ha amal hu l'shmol katol shavu malka tracer alfa yehudai the mezigas kei sorry v'loy kara Shmuel was told that Shabur Malka is the king at that time killed. 12,000 Jews in Mazigas Kaysari. That was the place. It says, Veloy Kore didn't do Kriya. says, Loy Omru Ela Berov Tzibur or Kamase Shehoyo. No, you only do that when it affects a majority of the people, like the event in Shaul where most Jews were affected. I don't think it has to be bad news that killed, literally, most Jews died, but an event that affected. Tragically, or that most Jews were involved involved in, that's the sort of symbol. But just that one settlement of Jews, as terrible and disastrous as that is, that's not enough reason to do Kriya. That's not considered bad news that you do Kriya over. Did Shavu Malka really kill Jews? Didn't he tell Shmuel that I deserve reward because I've never killed Jews? I've never killed Jews. So someone says, no, Hosam Inu Kamil Nafsheng. There they brought it upon themselves. They rebelled for no reason against Shabur Malka, and therefore Shabur Malka took action, and that's what Shabur Malka was saying. I never, I was never an anti Semite. I never, just for fun or for no reason, killed Jews. But here they were rebelling. So to establish my kingdom, I did. But And where do we see that they rebelled? To Amarabi Ami, Lekaliseri, Demigizis Kasari, the sound of the harp strings. That seems to represent their. Celebration, their call to war um, at the at the rebellion, Poka Shura de, de Ludkia caused the wall of Ludkia to break. I'm not sure how that references, but that's how they explain it as referencing um, their rebellion. 
Okay, so what was he saying? I never killed Jews unnecessarily. There was an, an event, but I, didn't, but I didn't kill them. Okay, now we move on to the next one. How do we know that someone does create? They hear Birchas Hashem literally mean blessing of Hashem's name, but it's a euphemism for blasphemy. On the opposite, cursing Hashem's name. Um, just the top tosses, I forgot to do I wanted to do it when we did it earlier. But he says there, interestingly, he asks uh, two interesting questions. Um, he says, what about a, a non-Jew, if you hear a non-Jew blasphemy? So he says, it's a machloik, if you look in Yerushalmi, it's a machloik, it's got to do with a certain event, was Rav Shaka, a Jew, a Jewish mumar, or was he a non-Jew? If he was a Jew, then we see that only Jew, you only do Kriya for Jews, otherwise you don't. And he wants to say, it's also, if you look in the in our Talmud, in Sanhedrin, we also see that um, we see that Reish Lokish did Kriya when he heard Birchaz Hashem of a non-Jew, but it's not so straightforward that you how do you how do we paskin? So Shulchan Aruch discusses it, but it's an interesting one. Do you do Kriya for the Birchaz Hashem of a non-Jew? Okay, um, there's another question. Okay, let's go on. It says, so I'll be, me, me, no, what's the source that you do Kriya if you hear Birchaz Hashem? Tzachsif as it's written, Eliyokim ben Chilke Asher al Abayas, Eliyokim ben Chilke who was in charge of the house, Veshavna Hasoifer and Shavna the scribe, Yoach ben Asaf Hamazkir, and Yoach ben Asaf the record keeper. It says, El Chizkiyahu, Tu Chizkiyahu, Chizkiyahu was the king at that time, Koru begotim wearing torn clothes. And what? And they came and told him that they had heard blasphemy. That's why they were wearing torn clothes. If you look at the context there. Not only the ones who actually hear the blasphemy, but also those that hear the report of blasphemy also have to do Kriya. Um, the Aedim who heard at the time don't have to do Kriya when they repeat the news a second time because what's going to happen you're going to have someone who's going to blaspheme and the Adim are going to go, have to go testify so they go testify before the Sanhedrin and they have to be very precise now obviously they're not saying it because they mean it but they have to say so and so and phrase what he said cursed Hashem and, and phrase it exactly so that's the repeat of the blasphemy the Dayonim those listening also have to do Kriya when they hear it from those who heard it um, but the Aedim don't have to repeat Kriya even though they're hearing it a second time. But because they're hearing it a second time. Once they're already if But why not? They are hearing the blasphemy again. The one eight. Here's the other eight. Repeat uh, what was said. Or, yeah, I think that's the case. It says, Don't think that they have to. It says, No, because when the king heard, I, they repeated to him the blasphemy that was said, the king tore his clothes. I, the king, but not the others. How do we know that you don't ever completely repair this tear when someone that he tore when he heard blasphemy. I see a Kriya Kriya. They make a shop of Kriya Kriya. Now interesting there's a discussion in the Gomorrah Sanhedrin and what Rashi brings here. Where do is it Kriya by David, where David did Kriya? Or Kriya um what was the other case we had? By Elisha. Okay, but that's uh that's uh, for uh, just what's the which what's the Xayra Shova, but either way there's Xayra Shova connecting Kriya Kriya just as in that case. That was a Kriya that was never ever repaired. So to hear, it's a Kriya that's never repaired. Now, Sefer Torah Shenisraf, a Sefer Torah that is burnt. 
Minalan. How do we know that you do Kriya? Dilsiv as it's written. Now just a little bit of background to this Pasuk is um, we know Yirmiyahu, and that's what he's famous for, is prophesying, warning the Jews about the imminent destruction of the temple if they carry on in their evil ways. And he actually wrote Eicha, at least part of Eicha, as a prophecy warning about the up-and-coming destruction unless they improve their ways. You know, Eicha is the lamentation, the kinos that we read on Tisha B'Av about the destruction and the desolation and the lowliness, but he, a lot of that was a prophecy before the destruction even occurred. So that's what's going on here. Um, obviously, he wanted, he got his Talmud to write down this prophecy and read, and they read it around the Jewish areas so that Jews would hear it and do tshuva. And listen what happened when he went to the king Yehoyakim, when the king Yehoyakim heard about it. So he says, Do you see what's written? Um, when this, when Yehudi read this Sefer, three or four Dalsos is a stanza. Here it means a posuk, but it's interesting. The first part of Eicha, if you look at the beginning of Eicha, each posuk is like a new paragraph. So that's what he read three, three and four psukim, and then they tore it up and threw it into the fire. It says now my shalosh for fire, but what does it mean three or four stanzas? Why did it take? Why did Yehoyakim wait till it was three or four stand, three and four stanzas were read, and then he tore it out. So Amr Yehoyakim. So the Gemara is going to elaborate on the story and show how it fits in. Amr Yehoyakim. Kosev Yirmiyahu Sefer Kinos. Yirmiyahu wrote Sefer Kinos. Amr Lehu. Mark Sivbei. What's written in it? So they told him Yirmiyahu's written this book about the upcoming destruction. He said, "What? What did he write?" He says, "Echoyoshvad Badad. How Jerusalem will be desolate." Uh, there'll be no reason. So Malay Anamalka says, I'm the king, I don't care what happens to everyone else, let them run away. So says Omalay, so they went on. you surely cry at night over the destruction. It says, Anamalka, I'm the king, I don't have to worry about that. Golsa you die, my oni. Yehuda will be exiled in affliction. It says Anamalka. Okay, so they'll be they'll be exiled. Doesn't affect me, I'm king. All that they will be mourning along the paths of Jerusalem. It says Anna of Zion. On Anna Malkahave. I'm the king. Anamalka, I don't have to worry, I'm the king. And then it says the enemies will be the leaders. So Omer Leh, Man Omer, wait, who said this book? Because what's it saying? The enemies, the Jews' enemies will be the new leaders. Either king will be destroyed or the king will lose his title. So he says, wait, 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 who wrote this book? And Omer Lehu, Man says, Ki Hashem Hoikal Rov Pashel. Um, Hashem was mourning over the uh, Yah punished them because of their sins, and Miyad Khadar Immediately they went and they pierced out every time it mentioned Hashem's name, and they threw it in the fire. Behind they were not afraid, and they did not do kriya. Michlal the boy kriya. They should have done kriya. When you hear the history, when you hear about, um, when you see everyone around, when they see the destruction of this sefer. They should have torn Kriya. Again, that's where we see that a Sefer Torah. Important. That's where we see uh, you do Kriya on the Sefer Torah. Now, interesting, it doesn't tell us that you can't repair it, but I think you could say it's a Kavachomer. If we saw you do Kriya on the death of a Talmud Chacham, whose power stems from the Torah that he's learned, from the Sefer that he's learned, so too it would extend to the actual Sefer Torah. Interesting enough, we also see it's not just limited to the Sefer Torah, the Nevoas Moshe, 
the most powerful, the core of prophecy, it's also referring to Sforim of Tanakh. Because what were they reading to Yehoiakim? They weren't reading Chumash. They were reading uh, Eicha, Lamentations. Okay. Why don't we say the reason they should there is not because they saw the Sefer Torah be destroyed, but it's because of bad news. So What bad news had they heard? What do you mean what bad news had they heard? Wasn't it speaking about the destruction of the temple? It was a prophecy about the imminent destruction if people don't do tshuva. But there were, no bad news had actually happened yet. So that's why you can't learn of that. If someone sees a Sefer Torah get torn, interesting here, they some change it to Senisraf. But in Shulchan Aruch it says it doesn't matter whether it's torn, whether it's um, cut up, torn, whether it's burnt, sorry, Shenisraf, burnt up, whether it's burnt or torn or cut up or um, erased, again, you have to do two kriyas. One for the parchment, one for the writing. After the king burned the Megillah and the words, we see you view it as two separate uh, events, the actually destruction of the, of the parchment and the letters. says, Rabbi Abba Varavuna Bar Rabbi Yosvu, and come Rabbi Abba. Rabbi Abba and Ravuna Bar Chia were sitting together. Rabbi Abba got up. Says boy Lafnuya, he wanted to go to the bathroom. Shot Layla Tajfasa and Achtaya Baisaja. So he took off his he took off his tefillin and he placed them on the side. The Asa Bas Nima Boyla Mivlasa and an ostrich came and tried to swallow them. Now ostriches are notorious for trying to eat anything that they can get. So an ostrich came past and tried to eat his tefillin. So Amar Hashda Khani Mishlay Kriyas. There's oi, if this would have happened, I would have been obligated in two Kriyas. Because remember, tefillin have Hashem, um, parchment inside, which has uh, like a safe, like a part of Chumash, the parish is from Chumash. Where would you get this from? This event actually happened. I went and asked Ramasna, do I have to fast? The ostrich ate Tfilin, do I have to fast? Or somehow Tfilin got eaten or destroyed in a similar way. He says, he wasn't sure. So he says, He says, no. Shmuel, um, when I came before Rav Yehuda, he said in the name of Shmuel, or Shmuel told him, you only do it when it's done by force, like the case of Yehoiakim. I.e., Remember, what's the reason we fast to get the destruction of a Sefer Torah or holy articles, tefillin, etc.? Because of the Chilul Hashem, the desecration to Hashem's name. Now, obviously, any destruction or any accident that happens to them, there is an aspect of Chilul Hashem. But the primary one is um, where it's done, um, where it's done maliciously through force, either that people can't stop it. But where it's just accidentally destroyed, an animal comes and eats it. Let's say a house burns down or a shul burns down. Those, it seems minadin, you wouldn't have to do kriya because it's not done by force. It's not done uh, almost out of maliciousness and evilness. Um, and that's how Shulchan Aruch seems to pass. And I'll read Shulchan Aruch when we get to the bottom of the page. It says, Are Yehuda minolan. How do we know that you do kriya for the Are Yehuda? The cities of Yehuda. I, if someone's walking in uh, the area of the kingdom of Yehuda, Hevrod, etc., he should do Kriya. Dilsif, as it says, Men came from Shechem, Shiloh, Vashomron. Shmoinim Ish, there were 80 men. Megulochei Zokein Vokroi Bogonim Imisgoidadim. They were wearing, um, they had shaved their hair and they had torn their clothes and they had cut their body. This is because 
when they arrived in Yehuda, they saw the destruction. And it says, They had brought offerings to offer in the house of Hashem. They hadn't heard about this was after they hadn't heard about the destruction of the temple. But when they saw cities of Yerushalayim in destruction, they already did Kriya. When someone see, we're going to see Tsukim, you see when you do this Kriya for Korea. So when someone sees the cities of Yehuda in destruction, he does, he says the Pasuk of the, your holy cities became a desert and he does Kriya. Yerushalayim Bechurbana, when someone sees Yerushalayim in its, disca- in its destruction, Omer, Tzion Midbar Hoiso Yerushalayim Shomayma, the Korea. Tzion has been made into a desert and Yerushalayim is desolate and he does Kriya. Beis Hamidash Bechurbana Omer, which he sees the Beis Hamidash destroyed, he says, Beis Kotshenu Vetifartenu Asher Hilelucha Avosenu Hoyo Lesreifas Eish. When some, he says, when he sees the Beis Amigdash in destruction, he says, Our Beis Amigdash, our splendor, which, you, which our forefathers praised you for, has been burnt in fire and all its treasuries have been destroyed, and you do Kriya. Okay, and that's the... Well, let's do one more line. Korea al-Amigdash, al-Yerushalayim, you do Kriya in the Migdash, and then you can extend that same tear for Yerushalayim. Very minu, and they raise a contradiction. When you reach Tsofim, this is a place where you can see the base Amidash, you do Kriya. The Amidash Bifne and you have to do a separate Kriya for the base Amidash and a separate Kriya for Yerushalayim. You told me above you can extend the Kriya, but here we see you have to do two separate. Kriyas, he says, no, Lokasha, hold the pocket, but Mikdash Beresha, hold the pocket, Yerushalayim Beresha. Here is where you see the base of Mikdash first, and here is where you see Yerushalayim first. I Rashi sets up the story. Let's say you go into a chariot, and as you step out the chariot, again, you've been through Yerushalayim in the chariot, but you haven't looked out. And then you get to the temple, and you see the temple in destruction, you do Kriya. And then you look around, and you see the destruction of Yerushalayim, that you can extend the Kriya, the tear. However, if it was the other way around, you walked through Yerushalayim, and you saw Yerushalayim, you do Kriya. But then when you get to the base of Migdash, you have to start a new Kriya. You can't extend the tear that you already did. Um, and I guess that makes sense, because the base of Migdash is uh, more significant. It's a greater loss, so that would be... And that deserves an independent Kriya, not one, a Kriya that's built on another Kriya. Um, interesting, the Ritva gives a different approach. He says, no, it depends. How, how do you see the Beis Amidash before Yerushalayim? It depends. If you're coming from the east, then you'll see the Beis Amidash was towards the east. And based on where Harabais is, you'll see the Beis Amidash before you see Yerushalayim. And in that case, then you would do Kriya on the Beis Amidash, and you can extend it to Yerushalayim. If you come in from any other side and you see Yerushalayim first, well, then you would have to do Yerushalayim, you would have to do Kriya like that. Okay, now just to read Shulchan Aruch, almost as a summary of the halachas we've done on this stuff, um, most of them are brought straight forward in uh, Shulchan Aruch. Let me just find it quickly. It's in Siman Shin Mem. Sorry, where was it? So 
goes through all these halachas that we're going through on the parents that you do kriya for, on uh, all these events, um, on a rebbe, a tamad chacham. Remember, we learned if someone's at the at the in the same room when the person does, he does kriya. Yesterday we learned an autumn kosher. If you here, you should also do kriya at their, at their um, funeral. And then it says here, just towards the end, just I'm just bringing this almost as a summary of the daf. You tear on bad news. For example, where most of the community gathered to go to war, war and, you hear, and you hear that they were defeated by the enemies. Even if only a few of them were killed. As we said, that's what we saw by Shaul. Most of the Jews had entered into the war and they were defeated. Not, all, not a majority died, but a majority were defeated. Then it says, If you hear the a blasphemy against Hashem's name or a, one of the names used to describe Hashem's name. Um, they bring here, the Ramor adds, even if you hear it said in another language, hear, if Hashem's name is in a different language, that's considered Hashem's name. And that's specifically where you heard it from a Jew. That's Shulchan Aruch. Ramor says, um, okay, if you hear it from someone who's an apostate, I have totally left the Jewish religion, then you wouldn't have to do Kriyas like a non-Jew. It says, um, yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah, so that's so that's regarding the Aloha, Shulchan Aruch Paskins regarding a non-Jew. It says, Even if you hear it from the Adim, then you would have to do Kriyas. Um, the Adim don't have to. Now, interesting, just to notice the word, he says, Haroi Sefer Torah Shinisraf. If you see the Sefer Torah burnt, I, as we said, first, um, it has to be that you see it burnt. It can't be you heard about a Sefer Torah being burnt. Or even one book, or even one book from the Nevim or Ksuvim. Again, this is written on scroll. Koresh, De Krios. You do two Krios. Remember, we saw in the Gemara, you do two Krios, one for the parchment and one for the letters. And this is specifically where it was torn by force by someone who was angry out to get it, doing it maliciously and not where it's done by accident. So if you hear about or you see, obviously you see, if you hear about it, you won't do Kriya. But if you see a shul burnt down, you wouldn't do the Kriya. If, let's say, it was Chas Vashem in the times of the Nazis, or it's someone, or an anti-Semite, someone doing it against the Jews, they go and burn or tear up the Sifrei Torah and you witness it, then you would do Kriya. Okay, that's a few interesting points. Just one other practical point. Nowadays, do we do Kriya? On, you, but, um, the laws of Kriya for Yerushalayim are actually brought in Arachayim, in a different volume, a different section of Shulchan Aruch. Um, but there, so, the Morgan Avram, very interesting, the Morgan Avram lived approximately three, four hundred years ago. And he has a comment. He says, what does it mean the cities of Yehuda are in destruction? It means where they're not owned or led by the Jews, occupied by the Jews. He says, so nowadays, even if you see one of the Jewish cities in the area of Yehuda that have been, uh, um, that have been destroyed, since the Jews live there, it's... Uh, it's as if they it's as if they've been rebuilt. So when you go to Chevron or you go to one of these areas in Ara Yehuda, you don't have to do Kriya because now it's it's what's it? It's I don't want to say occupied, it has the wrong connotations, but it's it's governed by the Jews. The Jews are in control of it. Control, that's the right word. The Jews are in control of it. The Beis Hamikdash, however, you should still do Kriya on the Beis Hamikdash, 
because that's for the base Amidash being destroyed. It's not about who owns the temple compound, who's in charge of Harabite. It's about is the base Amidash rebuilt, and therefore you should still do Kriya. I know when we went to Israel when I was younger and with my father, he made sure we went on a Friday afternoon. There's a leniency to not do Kriya um, on a Friday afternoon, or subsequent times I've borrowed my cousin's clothes because you can't do Kriya, you can't tear someone else's clothes. You can only tear your clothes. We'll see a bit more over the page. Um, so therefore, it would be limited to that. Um, Yerushalayim is not so Yerushalayim Rav Soloveitchik wants to say has the same status as the Beis Hamidash so as long as it hasn't been rebuilt properly you could you should probably do Kriya on Yerushalayim okay but it's a big discussion in the Poskim what points where do you see at what point should you do Kriya where do you do Kriya and when do you have to do Kriya Okay, but let's go on. Second last, last, uh, last, second last line, last word. All of these tears you allow. As I said, these are words for partial sewing them up. Aye, it's either doing loose stitches, or it's just folding it together, um, etc. But not proper, um, not a proper repair. You're allowed to show them. But you're not allowed to do a proper repair. Now, let's just quickly do a summary. So, for a relative, you can do a partial repair after seven days, and after 30 days, you can do a full tear. For a parent, you can do a partial repair after 30 days, but you can never do a complete repair. And for all the examples we've given above, um, a Talmud Chochem, the Av based in a Sefer Torah that was burnt by force uh, for the Beis Amigash, etc., all of these, what does it say? Um, you can do a partial repair the following day, but you can never fully repair it. That's what the halacha has been. Omar Alexandri. When we speak about a proper repair, we speak about the Alexandri repair. What counts as a proper repair that you're not allowed to do is this very good. It seems one of the pshatim is that the, instead of taking the two ends and sewing them together and you'll see where it's stitched together, you somehow fold it in a drop and you sew it on the inside. So on the outside it looks like it's good as new, or at least very close to good as new. I think nowadays the tailors have something what they call a dart, and they do something similar, and if even a shirt, obviously it depends on the shirt and the tear, they can sometimes sew it up, that you can, it's close to invisible. So that would be a proper repair, that's what we're referring to, that's what you're not allowed to do. Um, your tonsils bring from you, show me that it has to be in a, in a, almost, almost invisible. The, 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 the repair. That's a complete repair. If someone does Kriya, they have to do Kriya. They did Kriya, and they did one of these partial repairs, and then they needed to do Kriya again, so they did it over the partial repair. They don't fulfill their obligation. But if they do Kriya over where Ichui was done, a proper repair, a complete repair, they do fulfill their obligation. Obviously, this is where it's an Ichu Alexandri. You can, the, 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 the Rabbonin say you're allowed to turn it upside down 
and then you can sew it up. Because where you're not allowed to sew up the kriya, when it's at the top, when it's the proper kriya that you did. But if you turn your garment upside down and, I guess, make the neck hole, remember that he wore more robes, so you could do this and then just fix the neck hole at the top, then the kriya is at the bottom, it's a different garment. You can f- repair it completely there, even for one of these cases where you normally wouldn't be allowed to. Rabbi Shimon Elazar, Rabbi Shimon Elazar says you're not allowed to properly repair it. Not only that, even if you buy it, you wouldn't be allowed to repair it. Therefore, if you do sell this garment that has this tear, you have to inform the buyer. You have to say, look, I'm selling you this shirt, but you see that tear in? It was torn for the mother or the avbazin or whatever, one of these reasons, and therefore you're not allowed to repair it properly. So it's very interesting. I mean, there's a big discussion exactly. Is this according to Tanakama and Rabbi Shumen Elazar? Let's not get into that at the moment, but... Um, Shulchan Aruch Paskins that you can't. Tosfos here seems to Paskin that you can invert it and you can um, sell it and repair it. But here, you, but it seems from here very, but from Shulchan Aruch it's very clear that you can't sell this garment and repair it. Um, Tosfos have introduced, what about a non-Jew? So granted to another Jew, he has the issue that falls on repairing these things. But what about to a non-Jew? Shulchan Aruch is not happy with that. Shulchan Aruch says you cannot sell it to a non-Jew. I was wondering, what about giving it to a non-Jew? Because then you're not getting any benefit. Um, I remember, I'm trying to think when it was, but I, I'm pretty sure I remember seeing some of my uncles. I must check whether this was a proper psak. They gave their jackets that they did Kriya on to the to the chef at the yeshiva. And then obviously he's a non-Jew, that he could do what he wants with them, but because they wouldn't wear a jacket that had this... That had ten, and they weren't allowed to stitch it up perfectly. But to sell it, there might be Isur Hanor. Um, as I said, Tosfos here is not too concerned about selling it to a non-Jew. He's pers- but Shulchan Aruch says you're not allowed to. But maybe that's selling it where you're getting benefit from this torn garment and the tear. Whereas if you just give it away, you wouldn't be. Toner Abonin. Tchilas Kriya Tefach, but Tosef Sholosh Esbos. Rebbe says the first part of the tear must be a tefach long, and if you're extending it for, because you're doing another kriya, then it has to just be three fingers. Rabbi Yehuda Oymet Tchilas Kriya Shalosh Etzbot, Rabbi Yehuda says three fingers, but Toisef is Kol Shehu, and a full tear is any amount. Now I don't want to go in, where does Rabbi Yehuda get the three fingers? We'll have to leave it. Omar Ula, Halocha Kerebi Meir, Bekriya, Valocha Kerebi Yehuda, but Toisef is, Halocha is like Rabbi Meir with the kriya, that an initial tear has to be a tefach long, a fistful long, approximately eight centimeters, and the halach is like Rabbi Yehuda, but Tosefet said when you're adding to that kriya, doing the tefah kriya can just be a little bit more. Tanya na mihach, Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Tchilas, Kriya, Tefah, but Tosefet is kol shuhu. Okay, Tonu Rabbonon, Omru loi, meis ovi v'koreb, someone was told his father died and he does kriya, meis beno, and then he was told his son died, v'hoisif, he adds on to that kriya. Tachton misache olo, elion eno misache. The bottom part of the tear, which was for his son, he can sew up. Because you're allowed to sew up a tear, a completely sew up a tear from your son, but the top part, which was done for his father, he would not be allowed to. If someone's father dies, and then, sorry, if he was told that his son died and he did Kriya, and then he was told that his father died and he extended the Kriya, well, the top part, which was torn for his son, he can do a proper repair, but the bottom part, which was done for his father, he would not be allowed to. What happens? If in one report he's told his father, mother, brother, sister died, since it's all in one report, he can do one Kriya for all of them. 
says, no, for all the relatives he heard died in this one report, he can do one kriya. But for his parents, he should do a standalone kriya. Because you should not extend your father and mother's kriya. My time. It's not covered to do them as an addition. I obviously, um, when you do, you will see, when you do kriya for your father or mother, remember it has to be long and it has to go down to the heart. So any extension of that is kind of just an extension of your grief for your parents' mourning. So it won't count as an extension. But what about doing kriya of a tefach for your other relatives and then going further for your father, for your parents? He says, no, that's, um, that's disrespectful, that they're just uh, additional Addition to the Kriya, they must have a standalone Kriya. Omar Shmuel Halacha Kriya, Yehuda ben Beseira, Halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda ben Beseira, that you need two separate tears. Umiyom Shmuel Hachiv, Omar Shmuel really say this. Didn't Shmuel say Halacha Kedivra Hamekel, but of all the Halacha is like Rabbi Meir, but of, it's always like the lenient opinion. There's not Avelus Luchud, Kriya Luchud. Avelus is one thing, and Kriya is another thing. Are they two independent halachas? And we've seen a few contests where we see this. One is, remember, you do Kriya before the Avelus even starts. Avelus only starts at burial. You do Kriya before then. So we see the Kriya is independent. Another example of the difference is you do Kriya on Cholomoid, where you would never mourn on Cholomoid. Um, and another aspect is that... Um, yeah, they even yeah, they, they their sources are different. We don't Avelus is very hard to find the source in the Torah where Kriya is almost almost explicit. So therefore, granted we go lenient by morning, but Kriya we don't necessarily go lenient. Ad Heichon Korea, how far down can you do it as a Kriya and it counts as it counts as a tear? So he says, Ad Tibur until his uh, belly button. Some say only as far down as his heart. Now, even though we don't have a good proof, we have a hint, an allusion to it. It Tear your hearts and not your garments. Aye, that's where your garment would be torn if you were doing Kriya. Okay, now we move on to the next point. Um, this is again according to the opinion that you can tear down to your, to your belly button. What happens if you reach that far and you need to do more kriyas? Let's say you hear more bad news about another relative who passed away. You distance from that tear three tfachim and you start tearing again. What happens if he ended up doing kriyas all along the front of his garment? Um, he turns it to its back, so now he has more space to do kriya. He tears the back of his garment, which is now in front of him. What happens if he's done as many kriyas as he can on the top half of his garment? He turns it over and remakes his garment and does it from the bottom, for, which is now the top. If someone tears from the butt at the bottom of his robe, or from the sides of the robes inwards, that doesn't count as a kriya. Kriya has to be from the top going down. However, the coin Godel does uh, tears it from the bottom. The coin Godel is not allowed to do Kriya. However, to help his grief and help him deal with it, we allow him to Kriya from the bottom of his robe. And therefore, he doesn't go against the Pasuk, which says a coin Godel is not allowed to do Kriya, because it's not a Kriya if it's from the bottom, but it also helps with his grief that he is doing a, doing a Kriya. Okay. Um. Yeah. Now the question is, we mentioned that if two relatives die, at some times you can extend it. So at what point would you have to do a new Kriya? We're going to see if it, and what point would you be able to extend it, extend the old tear, just to add a bit. And basically it's going to boil down to, um, 
at the point where you have to leave the tear open, remember we said there's a time you can partial stitch it up, but at that point, if it's partially stitched up or you have to leave it open, to extend it would just be a sign of further grief. But if you've moved along, it's after seven days, after 30 days, after a significant amount of time, then when you do Kriya, you extend it, it's clearly a new tear. Uh, granted, it's an addition, but it's in a new tear. It's not just an increase of the original tear. So that's a pligi bora must know maruk for vatavamish made abushmo belevi. Had oma one says again, if you call Shiva, Korea laacha Shiva moisef. If it's within Shiva, you have to do a new tear. If it's after Shiva, you can just extend it. And the other one says, no, during Shloishim, you would have to do a new Kriya. If someone heard a reason that they had to do a second Kriya. But if it's after Shloishim, then they can tear it up a bit. The one who says you can do, you can have to do a new Kriya, the whole of Shim, he says, it must be because you're not even allowed to do this partial repair. And he says, Well, then a woman who can do a partial repair immediately, remember we said it's not sneers for a woman to remain there with her garment torn open that you can see the top half of her body, so she can do a shalal, a partial repair immediately. Well, then you should be allowed, to, she should be allowed to do an extension there. So he says, No, no, the reason we allow her to do this repair is out of respect for herself, not because of her. As, as far as mourning goes, any continued tear there would still be viewed as part of the initial tear, the initial mourning, because it's still that exact, it's still that intense grief for the, that's connected to the original tear. Doesn't matter that she's partially sewn it up. According to the opinion, it says that you can't so you can't do kriya on the same tear because it's um, on the initial tear must be because he holds up until then you can't stitch it up properly completely well then your pair for once parents who they never allow to stitch it up completely do a completely invisible sew then they should be allowed to to create in that same place again. He says, no, there it's out of honor for his parents. Again, it's not out of... So again, the grief is still there and any, any extension of the Kriya would be viewed as part of your parents. Um, and only after 30 days do we say an extension would be a new, considered or a new Kriya. Let's do a few, one more, uh, one more piece. If someone goes before a previously torn garment before the mace, he doesn't do, he's not doing Kriya for the mace. He's just got a torn. He says, He's stealing from the dead and the living. He's stealing from the dead because he's not doing Kriya for them. Totally disrespectful. They use some far harsh words. They're showing him of someone who does this. And he's deceiving the living who assumed I thought he was a good person who did Kriya for this other person or for this relative, and he never did it. If someone says, Lend me your garment, and I want to visit my father, he's sick. You know what? I think let's do Rabbi Shimon Ben Gamliel tomorrow, um, and then we'll carry on.